It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not throwing the challenge flag at Joe Biden. But dig this, Chuck Todd, meet the press, human shield for the Democratic Party. Now saying Biden might have did the country wrong. I mean, that's a rough look uh, for your president, knowing full well, okay, that the media that has looked out for him at every turn might be uh, swallowing the whistles. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It is not good. It's going to be a wild Monday, 888-788-9910, on a show where everyone is welcome. We're not activists. It's a talk show. Uh, You've got some... Representatives of Congress stopping by. You're going to hear from Wesley Hunt from the great state of Texas. Greg Stubbe, who has filed articles of impeachment against the president. Come on, man. But the most noteworthy uh, of all challenges really coming from the media over the weekend. Now, I'm not saying they're not still in the tank for the Democrats. But I am saying that if they're starting to have these conversations out loud in, you know, little whispered terms, it means they are screaming. Behind closed doors. That's true. That is true. 888-788-9910 if you disagree. Everybody's welcome. It's Monday. You know, I say this every day. I'm not the, you know, the omnipotent. You have to agree with me to be a put. No, ma'am. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a. There it is. Happy Monday, everybody. Back in action. It's my brother Mike's 50th birthday over the weekend. Mikey turned 50 yesterday. Uh, If you hung out with me and Mike in our 20s, you are as shocked as I am that either of us has lived this close to the age of 50. There is no way. (laughs) Wow. Uh, We No, we went hard out there. That's all I'm going to say. We put up some good numbers. Uh, A lot of of ball games, a lot of Yankee playoff games, a lot of casino action. Uh, Things went on. Uh, but Mikey uh, remains. I mean, to be honest with you, he's always the funniest member of my family. He's the reason I'm actually in showbiz or entertainment of every any form is that uh, I always wanted to be as entertaining as my brother was growing up. He was fun. He was a good time, you know. Uh, so happy birthday to my brother, Mike. We had a good party over the weekend. Yeah, I got to see my dad and his woman and Maria and my mom and her. Everybody was there. The whole barnyard jamboree. Jenny Fela showed up. Lincoln Fela managed to stay sober for a couple of hours. Shut your mouth. Uh, but a shout out to Mike's wife, Terry, uh, who threw a, I mean, I'm telling you this, when you put together a party, uh, for your husband's 50th, and you got all of his, you know, dirtbag cop friends coming, and you got his dirtbag family coming, and you managed to hold that not only together, uh, but with a phenomenal just presentation, just a head-to-toe. Uh, Terry threw nine innings. She threw a perfect game. 
No, it was impressive. And incredibly, you know, she didn't have to call the cops once, mainly because they were all there hanging out. <laughs> but I think if it was any other family, uh, things did get a little interesting in the late going. But it was a hell of a jam. So happy birthday to Mike. Congrats uh, to Terry. Of course, the big news out of our family today as the show gets out of way is not that my brother is 50, although we are surprised that he or I have made it this far. Uh, it is that... Tickets. This is a big deal, you guys. This is the biggest announcement I'll ever make in my career. My one-hour stand-up comedy special, okay? It's shooting for Fox News and Fox Nation. On October the 13th is the shoot, and tickets are on sale to the public this week. It is at the Paramount on Long Island, Strong Island, where I grew up. It's right in Huntington at the Paramount, Friday night, October the 13th. If you come down, you're going to be a part of history, okay? It is either... The biggest night of my career, or as I said earlier, maybe the last night of my career, because we are pulling the goalie. And if you've been to any of my stand-up shows as I've toured the country the last two years, you realize, like, I am not doing stand-up under the premise that jokes are hate crimes and that I need to watch what I say. This is the absolute opposite. This is stand-up comedy from an era when we showed up to laugh and for no other reason. Pull the goalie, throw the fastball. So if you're in the area, uh, you can get to the Fox Across America Facebook page. The ticket link is there. I posted it on Twitter, at Jimmy Fela. Uh, but it really is. I mean, as, as big of a night as I'm going to have in this industry, uh, it is huge. And for me, it's like the most exciting because, you know, stand up is what I come from. Uh, radio and TV, like it seems to be going OK, but it's not my background. It's just that's something I've kind of, you know, found myself in and have worked pretty hard to make it seem like I know what I'm doing. Uh, but stand up like I actually get on stage every night and feel like I belong there. This stuff is, oh, man, if you knew how much work I'm putting the hair and makeup team through on a Monday just to look like I belong on TV, let alone to act like I sound on TV with nothing more than a community college degree and maybe the Nassau County record for keg stands at Division Avenue High School. I don't bring a lot of acumen into the game of cable news, but it's the fact that I'm relatable, uh, you know, and I'm one of you guys that has made this thing kind of go. I'm not the star of this show. We are. So Friday night, October the 13th, is a big night for all of us uh, because it's the biggest night of my career, and it's only possible, and there's only a demand for this sort of thing uh, because Fox greenlit it and recognized there was a market for what I do. That market happens to be you. So this is very much your moment as much as it is mine. So if you're in the area, Friday night, October the 13th, come hang out with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, okay, uh, for what will undoubtedly be a historic night one way or the other. Whether you see me on Fox the next morning or you see me driving a taxi, one way or the other, you will be a part of a new frontier uh, in the evolution of your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Now we switch gears very quickly back to my main job hosting a radio show. So this Chuck Todd news is very significant, um, mainly because up until now, what the media has tried to do when it comes to Biden, when it comes to the malfeasance involving his kid, is they've tried to operate and function as a shield for Joe Biden because their loyalty is to that of the Democratic Party. They don't necessarily like the guy. They don't necessarily think he is competent. Like Joe Biden, understand, OK, has run for president four times in his life. I don't remember that ever happening. But every single time he dropped out, nobody turned around and was like, ah, oh, what a shame. He would have been a great leader. Tell him like it is. OK, think about that. Even after Barack Obama was president for eight years and he talked Joe Biden out of running in 2016, 
There was no clamoring. Did the media speak up and say, what about Biden? The answer would be no. No. And the media didn't expect Biden to win in 2020 either. Okay, but then COVID happened. It tanked the economy. We had some major societal unrest in the summer of 2020 and, you know, in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing and those riots that ensued. And ultimately, it created an instability where there was suddenly a market for a doddering idiot of a president to accede to the highest office in the land. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. But nobody understand. Nobody voted for Biden. OK, each and every one of them were voting against Trump. OK, Biden didn't campaign. Biden was home in the summer of 2020. There were more Bigfoot sightings in the summer of 2020 than there were Joe Biden sightings. Like if you told somebody you saw Joe Biden in 2020, they didn't believe you. They're like, listen to this nut with the tinfoil hat. You didn't see Joe Biden. Come on. Let me guess. He was with Elvis and Biggie and Tupac, and they're all alive, too. Come on, man. Was he surfaced on the Loch Ness Monster? You didn't see Joe Biden. Come on. Seriously? Have you ever had a check? They never believed you because he wasn't out there. Okay, the media ran against Trump in the t- summer of 2020. They used the COVID variants to keep him home, and the media were his campaign surrogates. So the fact that they were out there campaigning for Biden, trashing Trump at every turn, okay, bashing the very vaccine that was being developed only to turn around and bash you for not taking the vaccine they were bashing in the first place. Did you ever notice how transactional it got? Just think of Joe and Kamala and how they were talking about the vaccine. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? That's Joe Biden, who then turned around. And if you didn't get (laughs) and if you didn't get that shot, he fired you from your job. This guy's a serious ass. But do you get it? Okay, Joe Biden's a garbage person. Only acknowledging the existence of his seventh grandkid because it became a political liability. Okay, he has put America's interests third at best during the course of this president. Third. There have been days where I felt like we were a top three priority. You've never been a top two for any point of the you know administration, let alone a top one priority. Okay, nothing close to that. Okay, they've spent all of their energy decimating our domestic energy agenda. Okay, outsourcing that production to countries who produce the fuel filthier than we do, which, by the way, is not exactly lowering emissions, nor is it getting China and India to acknowledge their role in emissions, which means anything we do is a waste of time. Okay, but at every turn, whether it was opening the border, decimating our domestic energy production, keeping schools closed a year too long, crushing small businesses with enhanced unemployment benefits, Joe Biden has consequentially been the worst president of our lifetime. Okay, for the Afghan troop withdrawal alone, we've never suffered a larger humiliation on the world scale. So you understand, we knew he sucked. The media knew he sucked. But the media didn't call him out. Chuck Todd even acknowledging that there is a Hunter Biden, let alone a story for Biden to mishandle, is consequential. Because it is a sign that the media is getting hip to the hip talk within the Democratic Party. You understand the party higher-ups, people I know in Washington— Everyone on earth, and I'm going to play you clips in a minute here. Everyone on earth wants somebody else on the ticket but Biden. But it's almost impossible to get an incumbent president off the ticket. Almost never happens. 
especially right now, because if Biden were to leave immediately, that would mean Kamala Harris was your nominee. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. And every Democrat feels that way. But they're starting to float these trial balloons. You're going to hear from Dean Phillips, the House Democrat who talked about putting other people on the ticket. But here, just Chuck Todd even acknowledging this is a thing. This matters because Chuck Todd was telling you, if you remember two years ago, that there was no Hunter Biden business. There was no laptop. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. It's been replaced by activism. But here's Chuck Todd, clip three. President Biden's handling of the case has raised questions at a time when voters already have doubts about his age and political standing. Biden brought his son to a state dinner just two days after the plea deal that has since collapsed was announced. And he has repeatedly defended him, denying wrongdoing altogether, even though Hunter Biden himself has pled guilty. Hunter's a dirtbag. Huge dirtbag. Okay, but here's more. Here's Jake Tapper over on CNN talking about how this special counsel... It makes things look worse. Okay, the special counsel, David Weiss, do you understand? This is a scam. We're going to spend a little bit of time on this today. David Weiss was presiding over the plea deal that a judge wouldn't sign off on because of just what a scam it was. Now David Weiss has special counsel authorities. So the guy who was going to let Hunter go scot-free is now being appointed by the Biden Justice Administration to preside over the investigation that was already set to let his son go scot-free. It's a scam. But here's Jake Tapper pointing to the obvious difficulties for any self-respecting person to go along with this as if it's a good thing. Clip four. I believe he had previously argued publicly that he had the right to do whatever he wanted. And then the whistleblowers said, well, behind the scenes, Weiss was complaining he couldn't do that. He wasn't able to do that. And the Justice Department and Weiss denied what the whistleblowers were saying. But this move makes it seem as though, well, maybe the whistleblowers were right. Maybe what they were alleging is true, and he didn't have the ability to charge wherever he wanted to charge, and now he does. So I I do have a lot of questions about that, and I do think some of the political uh, questions being raised by Republicans uh, have merit. I mean, listen, they say when you see something, say something. Okay, if something suspicious happens, you're supposed to point it out in this day and age. Chuck Todd even acknowledging any truth related to Joe Biden is that's that's suspicious. Like that's you know, if I was on the subway train and I saw that happen, I would flag down a cop. That's if you see something, say something. Okay, Jake Tapper now trying to admit that some of the things the Republican whistleblower said would have merit. That's very much an if you see something, say something. The late, great Rush Limbaugh would call it a random act of journalism. It doesn't quite qualify as such because they're only acknowledging the possibility of wrongdoing. But for the media, that's a big step because it brings them, you know, maybe just an inch closer. You know, they say the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. <laughs> well, they've, they've still got about a thousand miles to go uh, to get up to the reality the rest of us have been inhabiting for the past three years, which is that the Biden family is a corrupt criminal enterprise. He's historically unpopular. Nobody likes the guy. okay, and he's tanking the country. So the media isn't there with us in reality. But you do have to start the show on a Monday by congratulating them for taking the first step. okay? because Joe Biden sucks. And the sooner we get rid of the guy, the sooner this whole country gets a case of addition by subtraction. You are correct, sir. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Catherine Heritage over at CBS on Face the Nation. She's our former colleague here at Fox. Uh, she's now over on CBS doing there what she did here, which is dropping some truth bombs. Here is Catherine Heritage uh, on the Biden situation, clip five. This is one of the lingering questions in the case is that why why suddenly decided after five years that he needed this elevated status. I think that some of the clues, Margaret, are in the court filings this week where he said that they had reached an impasse in the negotiations with Hunter Biden's team and he saw no resolution short of going to trial. I just want to emphasize that plea deal was uh, not standard, uh, so irregular that the judge in Delaware hit pause on it and at one point said to one of Weiss's prosecutors, what is the legal precedent for this case? And they said there was none. And that is why the criticism from Republicans that it was a special deal for a special defendant has resonated. Think about that. Okay. The Hunter Biden plea deal was put together by David Weiss, the guy who's now the special counsel who put together a plea deal so irregular that the judge had never seen anything like it before. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? But that is why the Republicans called it out for the scam that it was, you understand, is you have never heard of in your life, nor have I, someone making a plea deal that exonerated them for crimes that weren't even in the deal. That's not right. Like future crimes. So the guy's try, he's pleading guilty to a gun charge and tax evasion. Yet somehow they're also going to exonerate him for anything that happens down the road. Does that sound like the work of a guy with nothing to hide? <laughs> and clearly the prosecutor in this case, David Weiss, and the people presiding over this deal also have something to hide, and that something happens to be the president. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Remember this. Hunter Biden didn't get money because of Hunter Biden stuff. Okay, Hunter Biden majored in cocaine and hookers. That's his background. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But you understand the reason these foreign entities gave him at least $20 million that we know of is because of the influence they could curry with his father. And when you're putting a deal out there that absolves Hunter from future crimes, what you're ultimately doing is absolving his father from future crimes. Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. You don't even need one to see this crap. Total garbage. It is the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your home for top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. Really embarrassing weekend for the president. You know, we've got these Maui wildfires. Uh, The death count tripling over the weekend just absolutely breaks your heart. The president asked uh, over the weekend while he's on a beach vacation in Rehoboth Beach uh, if he has anything to say in regards to the fire. He says, 
no comment. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. Okay, listen, seriously. That's despicable. Okay, you're the president of the United States. You got wildfires that have killed close to 100 people. Okay, there's always a comment. The comment is, this is heartbreaking. We're monitoring the situation and standing by to give them anything they need. Our hearts are with the people of Maui, the American people, with the people of Maui. Instead, Joe Biden, think about that. Joe Biden turns around and says, hey, anything on the fires in Maui? No comment. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I mean, dude, that's embarrassing. Like, it's disgusting. Like, the the country should be happy about that. But what it speaks to is they don't want him in front of a microphone unless there's a note card. That's what we're dealing with now. They can't trust him to speak extemporaneously about something that only has one possible reaction up until yesterday. Up until yesterday, the only possible reaction a president of the United States could have to a tragedy that has literally torched a town and claimed upwards of 100 lives, close to 100 lives, the, the, the official number vacillates by a few, so I don't want to be specific, okay? But it started at 36, which is horrific, and it's ballooned all the way up. But up until yesterday, the only thing you could say is, that's horrible, we'll do anything we can to help. Okay, that's it. That's all you have to say. You're the president of the United States. We're going to marshal every resource the people of Maui need. This is horrible. Our heart breaks for the people of Maui. We're all behind you. That was literally the only response a president could possibly issue. I think he's got a point. And then Biden showed up. Hey, you got anything on the wildfires in Maui? And he literally turns around. Think about this. And says, no comment i mean you gotta do better than that it's terrible okay but it's so emblematic of the indifference we've seen in this administration okay when a lunatic who was posting on facebook that it was time to start killing white people jumped in his car in waukesha wisconsin and mowed down 50 white people did biden do anything the answer would be no nothing okay how about in east palestine ohio when a train derailed Okay, in a county that voted heavily Trump, they contaminated the hell out of the water and the community and everything in between. You get a word out of Biden? The answer would be no. No. After things got crazy enough, Pete Booty Judge was forced to show his mug. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Total loser. But there's been this ongoing indifference from this White House to the suffering caused, okay, sometimes by its policies, as we see at the southern border, others just by, sadly, Random acts of God. Okay, what we're finding out about the wildfires is it could have been exacerbated by the fact that the energy grid wasn't unplugged or wasn't powered down. We don't have the specifics. We don't actually show up to tragedies like this looking for a way to weaponize a political agenda uh, because I'm an American first and a Republican second, uh, a Democrat, a billionth. Okay, the Democrats show up to the scene of every shooting without even knowing who pulled the trigger and blame the NRA, and they blame the Republicans. Or they push climate change when there's a weather-related tragedy because that's their M.O. Never let a you know, good crisis go to waste. How can we weaponize this politically while people's emotions are still raw? In this instance, I think Biden did something worse. No comment? I don't have a comment? Really bad, man. Okay, there should also be a comment for everybody listening on Beaver County Radio. Okay, if you're out there in in Pennsylvania right now where you had an explosion yesterday over an abandoned mine, claim at least five lives. This is horrible stuff. 
And if you're the president of the United States, you have to have tabs on that on some level. You have to be somewhat engaged with the country you're leading. But Joe Biden has spent more of his presidency on the beach than he has just about anywhere else. I mean, you think about that. Okay, he's from he's either for every minute Biden has been the president. He has either been in the state of Delaware or the state of denial, you know, and it's sick. It's crazy to watch. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Well, in an odd twist of fate, (laughs) he might be closer to that retirement home and that warm bowl of soup thanks to his own party. Okay, with more Democrats now starting to talk about the fact that Biden is a major liability in 2024, and they might want to move on from the ticket. Okay, there's going to be more of this. Okay, and the reason there's going to be more of this is because the guy's, you know, historically unpopular. He's doing a terrible job, and these people really do want to win. That's the problem. Okay, here is Dean Phillips suggesting a passing of the torch from Joe Biden, clip 19. Would like to see Joe Biden, and a, a wonderful and remarkable man, mm-hmm. pass the torch, uh, cement this extraordinary legacy. You don't want him to run for well, re-election. I, be- I believe what's in the best interest of the country. I would like to see a moderate governor, hopefully from the heartland, from one of the four states that Democrats will need. So let's see, Gretchen Whitmer. You'd like to see her, or is it Tim Walls, your home state governor, Tony Evers? Tell me out here. You just said a few names. I think would be great. Josh Shapiro. There are a number of people. J.B. Okay. Pritzker. I want anybody who wants to run. Joe Manchin, Cornell West. Mm-hmm. Any of the government want them in the primary in the primary. That's why we have primaries, because that doesn't undermine the likelihood of returning, in this case, a Democrat to the White House. So that is the key. Enter the primary, right. my friends. Everybody who is on the bench, meet the moment. Don't wait five years. We need you now. Wow. That is hardly a four more year endorsement for Biden. You know what else he didn't mention? A lot of names. You know who he didn't mention? Did not mention the vice president. Think about that. J.D. Pritzker, who's probably the worst governor in the country right now, got a mention before Kamala Harris did. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> Joe Manchin, crazy Cornell West, Josh Shapiro. Okay, all of them would be terrible candidates. Manchin a little bit better if he brings a West Virginia sensibility to the ticket. But Manchin's on the verge of going independent because he just doesn't want to keep getting the bill for all the garbage the Democrats are shoveling onto everybody's plate right now. They're doing a bad job, guys, and I don't talk to you as, or you know, as a political activist. Like I'm a con- like the biggest thing in my life right now is my stand-up comedy special. It's shooting October 13th. I care about that more than anything you're going to see me do in front of a TV or behind a radio microphone. And I love this job; it's the best job. It's hilarious. Just get to talk all day. It's great. Get to talk and connect to the people. It's great. Okay, but I when, I, when we look to the future, I'm not looking at how I can win an election for the Republican Party because if they're depending on me, they're screwed. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, my focus is on, you know, the work I've got to do, the way I can help people. I mean, I think my unique contribution to politics is I'm trying to lower the temperature and allow people to disagree again without being like, you're not my friend anymore. I want you canceled. Mom! You know, that's not what we're doing on this show. You know, but when you really look at how Biden has mismanaged the country, like I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't give you a sincere take uh, that I stand by with all the fiber in my being that Joe Biden is, you know, pound for pound as bad of a president as we're ever going to see. Correct the mundo. He's just terrible. You know, but when you hear Dean Phillips say things like "Ah, Pritzker, Tim Waltz, Gretchen Whitmer. Okay, it's very telling 
that he named about 10 people and didn't name the vice president once. Okay, and if you need a reminder as to why, here is Kamala Harris, an actual sociopath, okay, talking on MSNBC. She says she thinks about democracy when she wakes up. That's the actual claim. I wake up thinking about democracy. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. So silly. But here it is, clip 18. Share with me, what is it that you have on your mind when you wake up every morning? Our democracy. Rev, I think everything is at stake right now. Um, when I think about democracy, I, I, I think of it as its nature is there's a duality. There are two pieces to it. There's one aspect of a democracy that is about strength. When a democracy is intact, it strengthens the people. It protects and fights for fundamental freedoms, individual rights. It's a it's a fight for order against chaos. It strengthens. On the other hand, democracy, incredibly fragile. <laughs> Are you stupid or something? I think we all know the answer to that. She's just such a, like, she's so uncomfortable in her own skin. I wake up in the morning thinking about democracy. Come on, don't bullshit me. Everything's on the line right now. Yo, do you know in the midterms we had a higher voter turnout than at any point in the history of this country? Do you know the Democrats like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris who literally said that Georgia's voter ID laws were worse than Jim Crow? This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Worse than Jim Crow. That was the claim from Joe Biden. Worse than Jim Crow. You're an idiot! Think about that. Kamala Harris was right there with him. Okay, but the law they decried as worse than Jim Crow resulted in the highest voter turnout in the history of the state. Yet Kamala Harris is still there telling MSNBC, yeah, when I get out of bed in the morning, I think about democracy because everything's on the line right now. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. I think she is medicated. But it's not working. They need to up the dosage or something. I mean, she's, you know, she's a sociopath. And the Democrats warned the country. That's what's so funny about it. It's like, you know, Kamala's polling in like 30 percent. And whenever the apologists in the media go, well, you know, it's a, she's a female black president, vice president. And, you know, all those racist Republicans. That's what it is, really. Because she ran for the nomination as a Democrat and was polling at one percent with the Democratic Party when she dropped out. So if we're a bunch of racists, what does that make the Democrats? I think he's got a point. Okay, with the Republicans involved, she's polling at about 30 percent. When it was just the Democrats, she was polling at one percent. Do you understand? And it's not because she's a woman. It's not because she's black. Okay, there's no gender. There is no race of person 
that we would give high ratings to if they were as incompetent as she happens to be. He knows what he's talking about. But you hear it said a lot as a joke. Like, wow, you know, the only reason they don't want to pull Biden off the ticket is because of Kamala. And it was a genius move because, you know, they'd rather have an old man with dementia than a younger sociopath. But it's a joke, but it is actually true. You understand this matters. Okay, the Bidens hate Kamala. They don't like her. The families aren't friends. Jill hates Kamala because she bashed Joe on the campaign trail. She said he was a rapist. She said she believed his sexual assault accuser, Tara Reid. I believe her and she needs to be heard. These are credible allegations. Those were her words. She called Joe Biden a racist on the debate stage because he opposed integrated school busing. Kamala told that story. There was a little black girl hoping to get on a bus when you were fighting to keep busing segregated. That little black girl was me. She got a big applause break. So Biden's a racist. He wanted segregated schools. Biden's a rapist. He assaulted, okay, Tara Reid. But then Joe Biden said, hey, Kamala, how would you like to be my vice president? And she would come on down. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact check. Think about that couldn't take the gig fast enough for a guy she just said was a rapist and a racist. Terrible. But that's why, okay, he has managed to evade the 25th Amendment. You understand, like, it's not fun that Biden's literally shaking hands with invisible people. Like, we shouldn't be okay with that. Talking to people who aren't alive, saying we cured cancer and we saved the queen and you know, can't get words out of his mouth. Joe Biden's the only president in history that takes more time to leave a speech than he does to give one. Okay, it's not pretty. But when you hear the Democrats, guys like Dean Phillips, aren't major figures within the party, but they're starting to talk openly about replacing Biden, it's telling that these conversations are starting to happen out loud. And it's even more telling that none of them involve the vice president. (laughs) Not one. Because I am telling you this myself as a guy who spent a very minimal amount of time around Washington. It's funny. I met Kamala's husband. There's a picture of us online. I met him at the court, not even at the correspondence dinner. I met him at a party on the Friday before the, the White House correspondence dinner. He was hanging out with Amy Klobuchar, who took time out from her busy schedule of eating salad with a comb to have a couple of beers. And she was a nice woman. She was Douglas Emoff, Kamala's husband, a nice dude. I actually enjoyed talking to the guy. He randomly said the words, help me a bunch of times. Like, help me. <laughs> Give me out of here. You got you to gotta help me, Jimmy. You got a camera, don't you? You drive me out of here and get me down to the border or something like that. Uh, but no, I, I listen, I, I don't take any joy in saying this. Biden is, you know, the head of a criminal entity with dementia. Okay, it's a bad look for the country going forward. But he can wander the White House lawn in his bathrobe, <laughs> his underwear, for another four years before they ever even say Kamala's name because she's awful. OK, but any way you slice it, like we're sitting here in an America right now where, you know, our mascot is now incompetence. We used to be the team nobody wants to play, the shining city on the hill. OK, and now we're the team nobody wants to watch. Because Biden and Kamala have turned it into a fixer-upper. You're absolutely right. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Heading up to WVMT in Vermont. Dennis standing by in Salisbury. Yo, Dennis. 
Yo, Jimmy. So I was listening to Harris's response to what do you wake up worrying about? <laughs> and I can't read her mind. But, you know, if if I were uh, honest and I were replying to it on her part, I would say, how do I uh, get through the day and continue to get paid for not doing anything? <laughs> She's got a good racket, man. She really does. But it's and that doesn't just go for Harris. It goes to Buttigieg, to KJP, to mm-hmm. Biden himself. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Biden does take a few bike rides here and there. It's not, it's not nothing, you know. It's you, you think it's you think it's easy unfolding that beach chair every day and of the week, Dennis. And, and he calls a lid on the day that he does go into work at ten o'clock. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But listen, man, even putting that lid on every day at ten, that's got to get tough to lift after a while, no? It's really crazy because you've never seen like um, in this day and age where politicians are so much more visible than they used to be because of all the cameras and social media and everything like that. You've never seen two people more indifferent to the fact that they're not doing anything. It's crazy. I mean, you'd think they'd want to like create the appearance that they're doing something, but there's nothing. I mean, there is nothing. I mean, the only time, you know, Biden, you see him wearing a hard hat is when he's riding his bicycle, you know, afraid he might crash. But he's yeah, they're useless. So we have uh, if our next president isn't suffering from uh, cognitive handicaps, uh, I'll feel that we've made some advancements, even if I don't understand their policies or their policies are destructive. If they can articulate them, <laughs> I think we've gone. Dennis, is, this is what we've been reduced to. Dennis just wants a president that speaks our language. Good call. But we've all been there watching a Biden speech where he leans into the mic and we're all like, uh, do you speak any English? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are back in action. A big Monday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold this country together. We say every day, if you listen to this program on the regular, well, we're sorry. Uh, You deserve better. But no, if you're a part of the show, you know it has one rule. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be an Independent. Just don't be a... Unfortunately, right now, when you look at Washington, we got a lot of and joining us now is someone who might be throwing the challenge flag at the biggest of all. He, of course, is a superstar representative from the 17th Congressional District of Florida and a damn good friend of the show, uh, Representative Greg Stubbe in the house. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, I'm reading my New York Post over the weekend, and instead of the usual front-page article about the Yankees sucking or some Met fan getting ready to jump <laughs> off the George Washington Bridge, uh, I get Stuby, uh moving to impeach President Biden over alleged ties to the Hunter dealings. Uh, first of all, bravo. Uh, but what was the breaking point for you? That's what I have to know. So the breaking point for me was when Comer, Chair Comer of Oversight, released all the financial records through discovery that the committee has received, showing that the Biden crime family has received over $20 million from places like Ukraine, Romania, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. And then you tie that with some of the information of the other investigations the House has been doing, IRS Whistleblowers Ways and Means Committee. The Weaponization Committee. Uh, you start putting all the pieces together, and you have five million dollars go- going to the Biden family. And after you know Joe Biden, who publicly said and bragged about 
firing the prosecutor in, in, in Ukraine on the Burisma deal, mm-hmm. his son getting $80,000 a month on the Burisma deal. We now have the actual financial evidence that they have received over $20 million, and I just can't sit back and let this go without taking some type of action. We can't, obviously, nor is this DOJ going to go after Biden criminally. Mm -hmm. The only sword that the House has is impeachment, and I think it's long past time to start an impeachment inquiry. Well, it's crazy because when you really look at this objectively— you know, the level of lie we've been told by this president just in first of all, it started out with the laptops faked end of story. And yeah, then it, Russian disinformation. <laughs> I went from never talking to my kid. I'm not involved to when you hear like the Devin Archer testimony is crazy yep. because the pivot to defend Biden now, everyone's abandoned. Hey, Russian disinformation. They've abandoned. Hey, never talked to his kid or his business partners. It's now, you know, like all people who weren't involved, he talked to his business business partners 20 times, but never about the business. I mean, is there any Democrat that believes that or are they just retreating to a tribal corner here? Well, now the Democrats like basis of defense for Biden is, oh, well, Joe never took any money directly. So, you know, (laughs) there's no evidence that Joe took money directly, despite the fact that Comer said that there were bank accounts that both Hunter and Joe had together Mm -hmm. and they were moving money around. So but let's just for a second take that argument at its face value. Mm-hmm. So you're saying if my brother or my wife or my son takes $20 million from Ukraine, Chinese Communist Party, and Russian oligarchs in exchange for official action as a member of Congress saying, saying I'm going to change my vote to vote for Ukraine funding uh-huh. because my wife got $20 million from Ukraine, you don't think that that's corruption, bribery, <laughs> and action that can be taken no, no. on our milita- on our federal code? <laughs> Absolutely. No. I'd, be, I'd be if I would have done any of this stuff, any member of Congress would have done any of this. We would be in jail right now. A hundred percent. We're talking to Florida Representative Greg Stubbe. Yes. What the Democratic defenses come down to now is it's no, he doesn't do cocaine. He just likes the smell of it. Right. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't take any money directly. I mean, you know, it just went to a bank account for Hunter and then Hunter moved money for Joe. But he didn't take any directly. So that, that's not a crime. It that's is really a crime. Of course. And it's like how many, you know. How many businesses have you not been involved with where you called in 20 times to their meetings just to show how uninvolved you were? Like people know, I, you know, I think the average person realizes what's going on here. He's, he's selling access to his father. There'd be no other reason to give Hunter the money. So my question becomes, uh, what kind of appetite is it within the party? Uh, are, are the Republicans fired up for this? I know the Democrats aren't going to play ball. Of course. Yeah. So what's been interesting is I have not talked directly to Speaker McCarthy, but I've seen what he has said recently on this issue. And it seems he's much more open to an impeachment inquiry based on his comments than he has previously been, because the evidence is just now overwhelming. I mean, and now Comer's going to do subpoenas on Hunter's financial information, not just the LLCs. Mm -hmm. So we may actually have evidence that Hunter transferred money to dad or paid expenses for dad. And then the Democrats' only argument right now goes away. But I, I think there's now an, an appetite given all of this testimony. Not only do you have the, the factual hard evidence, but you now have corroborating Devin Archer, Bobolinsky. You have corroborating testimony that backs up all of this, that Joe was involved, Joe was in meetings, 
Joe would make the phone call. You've got the the WhatsApp message to the Chinese Communist Party guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm sitting next to my dad. If you don't wire the money, then he's gonna call you, or you're gonna need to talk to him, or like veiled, like direct threats. If you don't send the money, dad's gonna get involved. He's sitting right next to me. How is that not? involving them so i think the the appetite has changed look we didn't want to rush into impeachment right like mm-hmm. the democrats did and make a mockery of yeah. the complete process but now you have evidence i think it's time to open an inquiry let the judiciary committee start deposing you know work our way up once we have all the financial records from hunter and work our way up to to having the the president come in and answer some tough questions and go through the inquiry process and i think at that point i don't see how you I don't see how Democrats vote against it, given all the facts that we now have. They will because it's political. Yeah. But I can't sit back as a member of Congress representing uh, a, a district in the country and say, oh, this is OK. We're going to have a different standard for the Biden family, and, and we're not going to we're not going to, quote, put the country through impeachment again. That is such a racket. We're talking to Florida Representative Greg Stubbe. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you did you read that? Did you read into the appointment of the special counsel as if that was them trying to give the Bidens some coverage, if only because they can say, you know, ongoing investigation, we don't have to cooperate with whatever you guys are doing over in the House? 100 percent. So that's now now anything that we Congress does to try to get information from DOJ or Weiss or the special counsel or their investigation, they're going to be like, nope. Can't talk to you. Can't give you information. It's an ongoing investigation. They're going to hide behind that. That was 100 uh, percent used to protect him. But that doesn't prevent us from getting financial information from Hunter's bank account showing where all this money went. Wow. So there's still things that we can do that will be outside of the purview of that because you know that the DOJ and the FBI are just playing defense for the big guy. Well, it is so crazy, though, because, like, when you really think about it, like – you guys are actually, like, so close. Like, they're clearly feeling like a major league heat here because if you have nothing to hide, you're not watching, you know, first of all, a plea deal that would have exonerated the kid from future crimes or crimes unrelated to the plea deal. Like, no objective person looks at that and goes, wow, this is completely on the level. So, I mean, you would have to think, like, you guys are onto something pretty significant here. I think this is this – is- Corruptible activity weigh 100 times more than Watergate, uh, millions of dollars. And I think if you read between, you know, they've gotten, I can't remember what the number is, 10 million, 5 million, however much millions of dollars they got from the Chinese Communist Party. And the Chinese Communist Party flies a, spl- a spy balloon over our country, nuclear sites, military bases, and you do nothing about it. You can't tell me that that doesn't compromise the decisions that you make when your family and maybe ultimately you have received millions of dollars from from that country. Yeah, no, there's no question. I mean, it's like if you walk past a singer from a band that's famous and you see them at like a bar or an airport, you go home and listen to their music. I can't imagine how your emotions would be influenced if they gave you ten million dollars, you know. But uh, well, one of the things I put in the in the resolution was the three million dollars this Russian oligarch gave to Hunter directly after that. They have dinner with Hunter and Joe in Washington with this Russian oligarch. And then she's, interestingly, one of the very few people, if not the only Russian oligarch, not sanctioned by the United States government right now after they invaded Ukraine. That I is, wonder why. <laughs> Go figure. Florida Representative Greg Stubbe on the line. One last one I'll throw at you. As a 45-year-old congressman, you look at Hunter Biden and you say, we got to impeach this guy, and I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, but is there a 25-year-old Greg Stubbe that would have thought this guy was fun to hang out with? 
<laughs> no, I was never into uh, prostitution and cocaine. <laughs> oh, well, maybe so, not that, but uh, the guy was living. the crowd I was hanging out with. <laughs> That's funny. Defense wins championships. You even knew that as a 25-year-old. Well, I commend you. You're, you're a better man than my producer is all I'll say. Uh, Stoops, keep playing good ball out there, man, because we know you guys are hot on the trail now. I mean, when, when we saw the special counsel go down last week on Friday, like I lost it. I was like, wow, because this is like human shield territory now it, in what really does look like a racketeering case. I mean, for every lie we've been told, you could just come back to one basic fact. No legitimate entity is transferring funds through 15 shell accounts that involve grandchildren. Not one. Grandchildren, family members, even the Biden's own administration, I put this in the resolution too, mm-hmm. flagged the transactions, the $5 million from Burisma, as an issue during the Obama administration. And these are Democrats. They're like, oh, there's a problem here. This shouldn't be going on. <laughs> that is, dude, it is nuts. Uh, keep playing good ball. Hire a food taster, too, if you haven't already. Uh, and we'll, <laughs> we'll talk sooner, right, brother? All right, thank you. Be well. The great Greg Stubbe, who I got to tell you, man, when you start to see a special counsel get involved, because the special counsel isn't there, so you understand, to subject the Bidens to more scrutiny. The special counsel is there to subject the Bidens to less scrutiny. That, that's true. That is true. But that's what you're dealing with. OK, straight up. The special counsel allows them to say, oh, we'd love to cooperate with this or that, but we've got an ongoing investigation going on. Okay, but if they can get their hands on financials, understand there's not a video out there. I don't, you know, I don't lie to you and and get your hopes up for something that's not coming. There's not going to be a video of some oligarch handing Joe Biden a bag of money and going, here you go, behave this way. No, those are the conversations that take place between the uh, the oligarchs and Hunter Biden. The money transfers take place between the oligarchs and Hunter Biden and 15 shell companies and the grandchildren, you know, because the business was completely legitimate. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Do you get it, though? Okay. Joe Biden has lied to us on such a consequential level, and he's telling the type of lies that you have to tell, okay, if you did something wrong. There's no other, you don't, you know. There's no other reason to tell these lies. Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. Now, why would he have to say that if he didn't do anything wrong? The answer is he wouldn't. He never spoke to my son about his businesses. Why would he have to tell that lie? Okay, because if he did speak to his son, we know it's a conflict of interest and a problem. If you are the sitting vice president of the United States and your son is getting paid from companies that you yourself are negotiating with as the sitting vice president of the United States, that is beyond corruption. That is beyond bribery. High crimes and misdemeanors throw the guy out of office. Do you understand? So he has to tell that lie. Can't own it. Never met with my son's business partners. Well, now we have... Notes from Biden to the business partners, emails from the business partners to Hunter, photos of them all together on the golf course, pictures of them at dinner. Again, these are all lies. So what started out is no laptop. It's fake. That was a lie. Didn't talk to the kid. That's a lie. Didn't talk to the business partners. That's a lie. Says he's never been in business with his son. That is clearly a lie. Okay, when you're reading Hunter Biden messages, that tell the rest of the family, you're lucky. Dad doesn't make you give him half your income. Why would Hunter be giving Joe half the income unless Joe was responsible?
for Hunter earning that income in the first place. And there's no way he could earn it were it not for his dad's involvement. I mean, that's just reality. Okay? Nobody was sitting around the board of a power company going, we need to hire this dirtbag that got kicked out of the Chateau Marmont for doing too many drugs. No, they hired him because they were like, if we give this dirtbag more drug money, he might get his dad on the phone once or twice. Well, it turns out they were wrong about that one because they wound up getting the dad on the phone over 20 times. He should be behind bars. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. If you missed the bombshell announcement earlier in the show, tickets on sale this week. For the taping of my one hour, this is a big one, one hour stand-up comedy special. It is live Friday night, October the 13th at the Paramount in Huntington, New York. That is Strong Island. That is a home game for me. Essentially, (laughs) knowing my fans, knowing my friends, knowing my family, they wanted to make the ride home as short as possible, given how rowdy these people get at the bar. Drunk and stupid is no way to go through life. Well, we're going to be all of those things Friday night, October the 13th. So if you're in the area or you're not in the area, get a ticket and come hang out. It is my live one-hour stand-up comedy special. It's titled American Privilege. And what I'm going to be doing for everybody in attendance is just dishing out some healthy perspective on the overall state of being in this country and the fact that you have all hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that you were born here. It's not like an activist hour of comedy. If anything, it's a lot like the radio show. It's not a call to arms. It's a call to chill the f*** out. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Friday night, October the 13th at the Paramount in Huntington. Get your tickets this week. You're going to see all my Fox friends, and you're going to see me throw the fastball. It's going to be rowdy. Okay, the champ is fired up for this one. This is kind of like the biggest night of my career, and uh, it's exciting because this is what I come from. You know, Fox found me doing stand-up out on the streets. I was a feral cat, and they brought me inside and taught me how to not claw the furniture, you know, or just randomly attack, attack people, stuff like that. Uh, You know, stand-up, as I always say on the road, is my chance to get out of the house on the weekends and kill a few birds, knock off a few mice. So you will see me very much in my natural habitat Friday night, October the 13th. If you're in the area, come get tickets to that. Of course, if you're out west and you're just going to wait for delivery, uh, I will be in Montana. Helena, Montana, Friday night, October the 27th. We're at the Helena Civic Center. Those tickets are on sale now. And the following night, Saturday night, October the 28th, We will be at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls, and I have promised on Facebook that anyone who comes out to that show is also welcome to join me for a trip to Bear World. i got to go back to Bear World, okay? I'm actually really excited to go to the Bear World this time around because I'm not going to have Jenny with me. So I don't have to worry about her putting, like, sardine oil on my feet and feeding me to the bears. So one thing about being married and having too much life insurance Every time we go someplace like Bear World, we were there with uh, the wonderful Grace Latham, who gave us a tour of Bear World. But every, you know, when you have a little too much life insurance, your wife's always, you know, kind of nudging you into dangerous activities. Like, Jimmy, you should, no, you should put your arm around the bear. I'm like, no, Jenny, we're up here in a double-decker truck feeding him. She's like, no, no, but you can get closer. You can get down there, Jimmy. You should really. That can't be good. <laughs> I'm fairly confident. She was trying to bump me off. 
So if there's anybody listening that will come to Bear World and not potentially turn me into chum, uh, you are certainly welcome to come be a part of that. But the tickets, Friday night, uh, October the 27th at the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. Saturday night, October the 28th, we will be at the Colonial in Idaho Falls. Of course, the big ticket we're going to be talking about after this is the fact that top Democrats are continuing to insist that we need to get Joe Biden off the ticket in 2024. Come on, man. No, you come on. The Griswolds are back in a comedy so good it's raising prices everywhere. Introducing National Lampoon's Inflation. (laughs) Congress has spent the country into oblivion, and now they want to spend even more. I think you're all in the head. But the rising cost of food has the Griswolds making tough choices. Well, am I going to eat? Or am I going to starve to death? Will they find a creative way to come up with the cash for their pricey new lifestyle? You, freeze, freeze. Come on, lie down. Let's go lie down. Or are they all living on borrowed time? Why don't you just ask him for the money, Eddie? You sure as hell can't take a hint. National Lampoon's Inflation. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. Now playing in stressed out households everywhere. And coming soon to a bankrupt theme park near you. Sorry folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Why are we playing inflation bits again? Biden sucks. Well, that's kind of a generalization. Uh, We could apply to any story we discuss on this program. Uh, But according to Moody's analytics, you know, I opened the show today. We were talking about the investigation into the Bidens and how even the Chuck Todds of the world are starting to criticize his handling of the story. Then we, of course, morphed into the fact that a lot of Democrats are starting to whisper pretty loudly about pulling Biden off the ticket. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. That's a real thing. When you hear people like Dean Phillips naming names on the Sunday shows, it's because everybody believes that Biden is terrible. I agree with that. Okay. that being said, the story taking center stage in this break is that according to Moody's analytics, the typical American household is spending 709 extra dollars a month than they did two years ago to buy the same goods and services. So you think about that. In the month of July, the average family spent $709 extra than they did when Biden got into office. Biden is such a disaster. Oh, terrible, dude. And you're talking about the grocery store, obviously things car-related, you know, anything to do with gas. I've told you this before. They're not even putting prices on the pumps near me. They're just showing you what type of romantic act you'll need to engage in with the gas station owner in order to afford a gallon of gas. They're like, oh, that? Yeah, you're going to want to shave your legs. (laughs) Here's a a little nary. Oh, you want the 93 octane? Yeah, you're going to want to put on a blonde wig and get behind the dumpster. It's not pretty, man. It is not pretty. And I joke about stuff like this. Because the truth is it's a coping mechanism for a lot of people, but that coping mechanism doesn't actually allow you to pay for things. And this is where it gets funnier. So if you remember, the Biden administration passed something called the Inflation Reduction Act, okay, which, of course, required them to do what? Spend our way further into oblivion. That is financial lunacy. It really is. But understand that we were saying at the time, what the CBO was saying at the time, what the Associated Press themselves 
is now flat out admitting that any slowdown in inflation is not related to the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. I mean, listen, again, the Associated Press is essentially a human shield for the Democratic Party. Remember the iconic imagery of the student running in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square? That's essentially the uh, Associated Press. When it comes to bad news for the Democratic Party, they get in front of it in any way that they can. Okay, but understand the AP has this headline. Yes, inflation is down. No, the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't deserve the credit. I mean, dude, you understand this is not a thing they would normally do. Okay, but this is the article. It quotes Josh Bowick and Paul Wiseman. They write, even President Joe Biden has some regrets about the name of the Inflation Reduction Act. As the giant law turns one on Wednesday, it's increasingly clear that immediately curbing prices was not the point. Do you understand what happened to us? And this is why you're hearing talk in the Democratic Party now of getting Biden off the ticket is because they're being forced to confront a lot of truths that the rest of us have known for a long time. Okay, they are forcing an agenda on the American people that nobody actually wants. Bingo. Nobody wants it. Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act was the biggest climate spending bill in the history of our country. Was anyone asking... For the biggest climate spending bill in the history of our country? The answer would be no. No, they were not. Nobody wanted this because we're broke. Okay, we're $31 trillion in debt. The American Rescue Plan, which was an infrastructure bill that also didn't directly address infrastructure, but spent a lot of money on newly defined things like community college and child care and stuff like that, which, again, we support. But understand it was passed under a sleight-of-hand trick. And that spending is what created the phenomenon that causes of inf- inflation, which is too much currency chasing after too few goods. And that's how we got the inflation to begin with. Biden started it with the American Rescue Plan and then doubled down on it with the Inflation Reduction Act. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. So you understand they then went out because they wanted climate change. This is, you know. Listen, they elected me because I promised the communist in my party I'd do what they said. So Biden, keeping his word as a politician, at least to the Bernie Sanders and AOCs of the world who held their nose and voted for the guy. AOC is a dope. Totally. But she got her way because Biden has governed like a left wing climate commie. And the end result of that was forcing a climate bill on us under a different name. Think about that. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act, and it doesn't reduce inflation in any meaningful way. Not even close! Not even a little, okay? Not even sort of. In fact, in the short term, it's expected to exacerbate inflation before ultimately becoming inflation neutral in the year 2029. That is in a best case scenario. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. So we're going to go out. We're going to increase inflation short term, spend a bunch of money we don't have, because in the long term, there is a break even scenario on the horizon if everything in the world goes our way. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Not only is it stupid, but it's like borderline criminal. 
when you look at just how brazenly they are willing to mislead the American people. Folks are getting crushed by inflation that Biden caused. So what did he do? He went out and said, well, I've, you know, no, you're not enjoying this inflation. But lucky for you, I've got a bill that'll handle the problem I started to begin with. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Oh, it really is despicable stuff. Because they got the bill passed because nobody wanted to question inflation reduction. Hey, they're having an inflation reduction act. Who doesn't want to reduce inflation? No, this is great. We're reducing inflation. Except for the small fact that they weren't reducing inflation. They were engaging in the same exact print and spend economics that got us here. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Think about this. This is the AP. Okay. I can't think of any mechanism by which it would have brought down inflation to date said Harvard University economist Jason Furman, who added that the law could eventually help to lower electricity bills. Oh, it could. It could eventually. I mean, I could shack up with Megan Fox and Julia Roberts at the same time. I I love it when you talk dirty. Okay, well, I can't promise you it's going to (laughs) happen. But it could. I mean, conceivably, they could drink a little too much Keystone Light and fall into a chubby spell. And be like, you know, that guy in the leopard print is always on Fox News. I don't know, something about him. Anyway, let me give you more of this. Alex Arnon, economic and budget analyst for the University of Pennsylvania's Penn Wharton budget model, assessed assessed that. We can say with pretty strong confidence that it was mostly other factors that have brought inflation down. The IRA has not been a significant factor. Think about that. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act. It's doing nothing, nothing to reduce inflation. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Okay, when the Inflation Reduction Act was proposed, the Congressional Budget Office said its impact on inflation would be negligible. The law is now at the core of Biden's pitch to voters going into the 2024 presidential campaign. So imagine that. It's the core of his pitch. Hey, Remember that time I set inflation to a 40-year high? And then I spent even more money? Well, this is now a central part of my re-election campaign. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. Like, who is running this thing that they thought that was a good idea? Okay, understand. I've said this before. This is an easy analogy. A million people make it when it comes to politics. But if you look at policy like it's a restaurant, okay, Joe Biden's policy has had every restaurant goer going, this food sucks. And the manager's response has been, I've got it. We'll give you bigger portions. And that's exactly what we have in this moment. That's why the Yelp reviews on the Biden restaurant are as poor as they are. Joe Biden is the most unpopular incumbent to seek re-election in the 247-year history of the country. You know, you can say anything you want about Donald Trump, anything you want, but he always maintained his popularity within his party. Trump's always polling at 90% of his party. Okay, Biden's not there. Biden's in a Democratic party where 67% of the people didn't want him to run again. Biden's presiding over in America where 70% of us don't think we're headed in the right direction. Okay, 70% of us are living paycheck to paycheck. So you understand one of the reasons why is because the average family, because of Biden, is spending an extra $700 a month. Think about that. 
spending an extra $8,500 a year because of who won the election. $8,500 all because Joe Biden won. Wrong. Well, the point is he got installed as president. Whether you think he won or not, Trump, the point is he's the president and everything is up. Okay, $8,500. And at a time when all of this is happening, what are they saying to you? Well, you're in luck. I know things are expensive. I know the border's out of control. I know, you know, we've got gas so high. I mean, come on. It's, Hunter thinks it's high. That's not a good sign. But you can't pay for goods. You can't fill your car. The border's overrun. We've got a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. But you're in luck because we're about to send even more money to Ukraine. Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with my man Wesley Hunt in the next hour. He is, of course, a superstar congressional representative from the great state of Texas. And uh, we're going to talk all things America. We're also going to cover the weekend uh, in Iowa, where Ron DeSantis showed up to do an event. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Well, he definitely received a rough welcome uh, from the Trump fans in the area including some aerial taunts from the Trump man himself who flew a sign over DeSantis's event telling him to be likable. <laughs> this is the one thing everyone discounts in the media. Okay, they discounted it in 2016 when Trump beat Hillary. They're certainly discounting it right now. Trump runs for president of the United States the way a lot of people run for president of their fantasy football league. He's roasting everybody on the group chat. There's memes. There's unconventional taunts. There's nicknames. There's everything in between. And the average voter really responds to that. It's kind of like a direct-to-consumer marketing plan. You know, they say direct-to-consumer. Guys are on YouTube, and they just record something. You watch it on your phone, and that's that. There's no subscription. You know, there's no, there's no, there's nothing to pay for. There's no network to go find. There's no channel to search for. It's called direct to consumer. That's what Trump does. Traditionally, politicians don't talk direct to consumer. They have a focus group that carefully curates every word they're going to say to you, at which point it's then filtered through a carefully scripted interaction with the press. What Trump is doing is eliminating the need for all of that, and he's just flat out throwing the fastball. Okay. now the good news is he has absolutely no filter. The bad news is he does have absolutely no filter. (laughs) Trump has been known to, you know, throw a couple of wild pitches on the old Twitter. But the truth is they're forgivable because people and this is where Trump gets by. Okay, we live in an era now where there's so much more focus in the media, in the cancel crowd, the outrage mob. There's so much more focus in those circles on what you say as opposed to what you do. You understand? Those people think what you say matters. Oh, my gosh, said something crazy. Oh, my God, he insulted somebody. Oh, my God, he made fun of a prosecutor. Okay, but what the people who support Trump are focused on are not what you say but what you do. Okay, think of the Jason Aldean controversy. The liberals want Jason Aldean to serve life in prison because he sang about stopping violent criminals. The guy singing. What did he say? Oh, that's terrible. You can't say stuff. But they had no 
interest in the people doing the violent things. Okay, do you understand? The people on the right are like, they watch the Jason Aldean video, and they're like, wow, we got to stop these criminals. The people on the left are like, wow, we got to stop this guy with the guitar. I mean, dude. What would you do with a brain if you had one? But that's where social media broke the compass in society. That's where cancel culture, the outrage mob, kind of perverted our values in the sense that we now focused more on what people said than what they did. Like, I'm not a Kanye West offender, but Kanye West is banned from the Grammys right now because he said dumb things on Twitter. Chris Brown is literally winning Grammys after violently assaulting Rihanna. Think of the Internet. Think of the hot felon, Jeremy Meeks. Guy got arrested in a gang sweep after he assaulted a minor. Okay, his mugshot went viral. He became the hot felon and is walking at Fashion Week as a guy who assaulted a minor. Kanye West is banned from Fashion Week because he tweeted bad things. Okay, it's not a defense of Kanye. It's to acknowledge that we're now living in a world where you are somehow better off attacking people violently than you are using bad words. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. But the reason Trump continues to endure in terms of his popularity, and this is what DeSantis is up against, is Trump as a president was consequentially a much better president than what we have right now in Washington. So a lot of the people don't care that he said bad things. A lot of the people certainly don't care that he challenged the results of the 2020 election, because let's be honest, he wasn't exactly a trendsetter in doing that one. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign You can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Yet somehow they want you to believe anybody who questions the legitimacy of an election should be arrested and barred from running for office. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally, and everybody sees through it. So DeSantis has an uphill battle, but bigger than him is whoever the hell thinks they're going to run on the left. Because this country is a mess right now. I mean, could you imagine trying to make the pitch for four more years of Biden? You're like the guy handing out cruise brochures on a lifeboat from the Titanic. Listen, I know you guys are freezing. How about that shuffleboard, though? Those are nice courts, right? We had some good dinners Tuesday night. What would you think of the magician? He did that thing with the balloon. That was that was you didn't see that coming, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. This guy froze to death. All right, let's go to the next boat. Let's pitch somebody else. We're in a bad spot. Okay, we've never lived in a worse version of America. And the fact remains that in order to turn it around, you're going to need somebody tough. And those are the things people prioritize that are standing by Trump. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Back in action. Big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who was not in Iowa this weekend. Uh, Ron DeSantis was. Get him out of here. Get him out. A lot of tough love from the Trump crowd for DeSantis. This, of course, coming on the eve of what could be. Another indictment of Donald Trump, this time in the great state of Georgia. We do know that the grand jury is hearing Trump's Georgia election case. Not quite sure where that's going to go, but we will continue to monitor it in this hour. And we'll get some help from Texas Representative Wesley Hunt, who is a fan favorite on this show. And I would imagine every show he appears on. But we begin, of course, 
with some you and me time at 888-788-9910. The champs ride in high today. Scheduled to be on Waters World later with Jesse. But the big personal news I announced off the top of the show is tickets are going on sale this week. I am taping a one-hour stand-up comedy special for Fox News. It's kind of historic. We've never done this with, like, a Fox talent who actually works here and appears on the serious shows, too. Uh, but I'm kind of a pioneer in that way. Uh, which is a fancy way of saying I'm the lowest IQ individual they have ever hired at this channel. Tell them like it is. Uh, But I'm a good time. And for that reason, we are going to be taping my one-hour stand-up comedy special Friday, October the 13th. It's on Long Island. It is a home game. It is at the Paramount in Huntington. So the links are everywhere. They're on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. They're on my Twitter feed. If you follow me on Instagram, at Jim Fela. J-I-M-F-A-I-L-L-A. You are welcome to get a ticket there as well. But admission to this conversation we're about to have is free uh, and for good measure. (laughs) Nobody in good conscience could charge you to hear my analysis of the 2024 race because the 2024 race is still in food fight mode right now. So over the weekend, the Iowa State Fair gets underway. All the candidates come by with a governor, you know, with a little chat with the governor. Uh, DeSantis shows up. And while he's there, he's greeted by a banner flown overhead by supporters for Donald Trump that say, be likable, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) I say this a lot. One of Trump's biggest appeals is the fact that he's running a direct-to-consumer campaign. He does not campaign through strategists. He does not campaign through an advice team. He gets an idea, and he does it. And it connects with people because it's all pretty goofy. You know, he runs for president of the United States the way people run for president of the Fantasy Football League. So here is DeSantis in Iowa being asked about the banner that had flown overhead and the task of being a likable candidate, clip 22. Do you think you're a likable candidate? I I think that's that's a narrative. But, you know, when you have Trump doing that, he's got so many people that would never vote for him. And I've seen that in Florida. They want a leader. Uh, they want somebody that's going to be in it for them. Uh, and, and our candidacy is really about the, the American people reversing the decline of the country. It's not about me. Uh, it's about them. Oh, so it's a good strategic answer. Uh, but he's responding to a narrative that he's not quite likable. Now, sadly, he didn't do anything terribly likable in his answer. Okay, that's part of the issue. I'll never forget one of the funniest things I ever saw was Kennedy uh, on her Fox Business show was interviewing Ann Coulter. And she said to Ann Coulter at the end of the interview, she goes, I have a question. She goes, are you ever fun? And Ann Coulter goes, I don't answer ridiculous questions. And Kennedy goes, well, I think you just did. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Because it was almost a way of confirming the allegation that you might be a little too serious or too high strung. And, of course, Kennedy was doing it in jest, but nonetheless, it came off pretty funny. DeSantis being asked in all seriousness if he has likability issues and just answers with a boring policy take. And, again, it wouldn't be boring to turn the country around. It wouldn't be boring to improve the quality of life. But right now he is in a personality contest. And, incredibly, the Vegas betting odds – have reversed and now have him in most betting markets trailing Vivek Ramaswamy. That can't be good. Vivek Ramaswamy, who's been on the show, is a fun guy. He rapped over the weekend. There was that whole thing where he got... That was embarrassing. Ah, whatever. He liked it. He's trying to get the youth voters involved. And, uh, you know, Vivek, who started out, you know, as absolutely an unknown quantity... Uh, has now managed in the major betting markets to pass DeSantis. 
I'm not talking polls. DeSantis is still beating him in the polls. But in terms of where people bet their money based on their analysis of the field as presently constituted, DeSantis is now trailing Vivek Ramaswamy. Here is Vivek talking about the growth of his campaign, Clip 21. The reality is, somebody said I started at 0% in March. I corrected them. I started at 0.0% in March, and now I'm running at third in the Republican national primary ahead of the first debate on the same trajectory that Trump was in 2015. So, Maria, I expect to be the nominee. I expect to win this election in a landslide. But here's what I do want. I fully expect, I respect President Trump. I don't bash him because I think he was an excellent president. And we have a good relationship of mutual respect. I expect him to be an advisor, even a sort of mentor when I'm in the White House, teaching me where the bodies are buried, how to go further than he went. That's my mission with our America First agenda, and that's the relationship I expect. Whoa. So Vivek says Trump's going to be one of his advisors. Wrong. I think Trump very much believes he's going to be the top dog calling the shots here. But as it's presently constituted, we are monitoring the situation in Georgia because Trump could be indicted for a fourth time today. Something that I got to tell you really reeks of a political desperation in Washington, D.C. right now. And the reason I say that, this is a very basic analysis here. It's all I can offer you. Okay, is the timing on this stuff. Donald Trump, in the middle of a presidential campaign, is being indicted for things today that he could have been indicted for two years ago. I think he's got a point. Think about that. If they could have indicted him two years ago, if they could have indicted him a year ago, doesn't the fact that they're doing it now speak to there being a motivation beyond the law and equal justice and nobody's above the law and blah, blah, blah? Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, they're indicting Donald Trump for things other people did. You understand? Mishandling classified information. Other people have mishandled classified information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. I mean, but then technically, if we're going to stay on the subject of Hillary, okay, indicting him for questioning the legitimacy of an election. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Okay, guys like Adam Schiff, to be clear. Okay, Hillary did concede, but then spent the next three years trying to, you know, trying to engineer a soft coup with a Mueller probe and a death by a thousand cuts scenario of one anonymously sourced bombshell leak after the next would ultimately lead to Trump imploding, firing Robert Mueller and creating the perception that there was a there there. That was the whole point of the Mueller probe. Bingo, man. Bingo. That's what they were trying to do. And guys like Adam Schiff, who are now saying we've got to indict Donald Trump, were leading the charge on TV claiming to have evidence of Russian collusion that they knew didn't exist in real time. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, Actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I I can tell you that the case is more than that. Uh Understand this. At the time he's saying that, at the time he's saying that, he knows for a fact that there is no evidence. You're the lowest form of life on earth. That's for you, Adam Schiff. Seriously. Okay, they knew that the Mueller probe was based on opposition research from the Clinton campaign. Do you understand? Anything Trump is getting indicted for, the Democrats have ostensibly done, number one. But number two, the timing of him being indicted for it now is all about the politics. That is correct. Here is Trump in Des Moines, okay, where he is asked at the airport about whether or not he'll take a plea deal. It's clip 11. 
Is there any chance you take a plea deal in Georgia? Plea deals. We did nothing wrong. We don't ever take yes, a plea sir. deal. Yes, sir. We don't take plea deals. It's a wise guy question. Are you going to change it? Mr. Wise guy. Are you gonna... We don't take plea deals because I did nothing wrong. It's called election interference. You know what that is? Because this is, these indictments are brought out by Biden, who can't even put two sentences together. This is Joe Biden, because he can't win the election by himself. He can't win the election based on votes. So what they did is they got the attorney general to do it. And then you see how stupid they acted yesterday with the appointment of the special counsel. <laughs> Trump, I mean, say what you want about Trump. Remember those old honey badger videos on the Internet? <laughs> honey badger would take on like an alligator. Honey badger don't care. That's not, he don't care. He'll take on anybody. The DOJ, the party, the establishment, doesn't care. Deep state swamp, whatever you got, he's going in. Uh, but the timing of this, it really does look terrible. Um, and it's it's hard. It's hard to see where a Republican is going to close the gap on Trump unless the Democrats close it for them. Meaning if Trump is in jail, I would imagine this becomes a liability. But then again, I would never have imagined in my lifetime that a president could be indicted once, let alone four times, and still be winning in the polls. And the reason he's winning in the polls is not a reflection on Trump supporters. It's very much a reflection on what people think of our DOJ. Okay, if people respect the DOJ, if people respect the intel community, Donald Trump is ruined by these indictments. But the DOJ told them that Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. (laughs) Unfortunately for them, the DOJ told us Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. (laughs) And 51 former members of the intelligence community were right there with them. So their credibility is like destroyed in a way that's really not good for the country. Like, I'm not happy that Trump's under indictment. But I'm sad that him being indicted doesn't mean more, meaning he's being indicted and it so reeks of political opportunism that it's destroying faith in these institutions. I'm not saying I want Trump to go to jail. I'm not saying I'm happy he's indicted, but I'm saying I want to live in America where indicting a president is matters, where it gets your attention. And you're like, wow. But the problem is they've destroyed normalcy with their relentless pursuit of Trump, because what happened was, and this is where a lot of objective people, you know, gave kind of gave up on what they're getting out of Washington, is most people knew who Donald Trump was for the better part of the last 30 years. He's always pugnacious and crass and said, you know, ridiculous things. But he was a fixture in mainstream American society. Okay, he was a guy that would frequently go on The View. The View was awful. But he was on it all the time. He was on Oprah all the time. Okay, constantly referred to as a good friend. Okay, he hung out with Barbara Walters. He went on Howard Stern when Stern was the king of all media and not the Prince Harry of all media. Okay, he was on those shows. He was on Morning Joe all the time. Okay, he'd go on shows like CNN all the time. He hosted a show on NBC for 15 seasons. And then he came down the escalator and NBC almost fired Jimmy Fallon for having him on the show. I'm like, yo, NBC, he was on the channel. It was your highest rated show for 15 years. Okay, think about this. When Trump won the election, Saturday Night Live opened its first show playing Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen and crying. That was embarrassing. Okay, never mind. They're crying with no acknowledgement for the fact that the guy they're crying over hosted the show the previous year. I'm surrounded by idiots. 
it was all performative hysteria. But that hysteria created a mindset and an atmosphere where anything was justified to stop Trump. They impeached Trump over what Biden did in Washington. They impeached Trump after he left office over January 6th. And despite that impeachment going nowhere, despite a special committee on January 6th going nowhere this past summer, they're going back to the well on January 6th again. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But because in those dirty minds, nothing, nothing is out of bounds. Listen to this Face the Nation report over the weekend. 30 million people say they'd do anything to keep Trump out of office, including physical force. Clip 15. 30 million people, according to your numbers, think the use of force is justified to prevent Donald Trump from being president. 18 million think it's justified to restore Trump to the presidency. Exactly. What we're seeing is not simply um, a manifestation on the right. That is absolutely important. And there's no doubt that January 6th, the crowd that sieged the Capitol is something that has not happened on the left. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to draw that equivalence. But nonetheless, what we need to look at are the sentiments on both the right and the left that are being radicalized to millions and millions of uh, Americans. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What a loser. What a loser. January 6th, the crowd at Caesar Capitol. That's not something we've seen on the left. That is a fact check false. Yo, the left attacked the White House in the summer of 2020, so much so that 100 Secret Service agents had to be treated after getting hit with bricks and rocks. They had to put up an additional fence, okay, and put the president in a bunker because the fury coming down on the White House was so intense, they thought they would physically get to the president. Yes, they've swept that all under the rug and pretend it never happened before. But yes, January 6th was bad. But when the Democrats are like, oh, we've never seen anything like this in our lives. Oh, sure we have. You just didn't report on it because you're a scam. But you understand they've whipped up such a performative hysteria that 30 million Americans think the use of force would be justified in keeping Trump from office. By the way, that's almost double of what you're getting out of the Republican Party. So when you hear all this talk about Trump being a radical and his reporters being radical, realize there's twice as many on the left as there are on the right. Because the ones arguing about, like, election interference interfered in the 2020 election. The ones arguing about challenging an election challenged the results of the 2016 election. And the ones warning you about radicals, okay, are doing all the radicalizing. That's the problem right now. The Democrats don't need another indictment. The Democrats need a mirror. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Wesley Hunt in the next break about all things America. Kevin's down in Hampton Roads, Virginia in the meantime. Yo, Kevin. Hey, brother Jimmy in Manhattan. Hey, I am calling today about, about why Trump's numbers. There have been a lot of people pontificated why are Trump's numbers going to continue to increase the more they indict him? And I was thinking of an analogy while I was waiting on hold. Do you remember, uh, have you seen the movie Miracle on Ice about the 1980 Olympic team, you know? Yeah, we interviewed the coach on the show when I was first starting out. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
uh, or, or uh, yeah, so Herb Brooks, mm-hmm. he goes into the locker room. The team is flat. They're not playing well. They come back and beat the Russians, right? But he comes out of the locker room, and he says to his assistant, co- his assistant coach, he says, I got him good and angry. He pissed them all off. Well, that's what's happening with – uh, with the Jack Smith indictments in sociology at the University of Iowa back in the mid-'80s, we learned that the number one motivator to bring people out to vote is anger. So mm-hmm. campaign consultants, they used to back in the day have to dream up fake controversies, you know, like the Willie Horton thing to get people angry to come out to vote. But this year, there's so much raw meat out there. And so what's what's happening in voters like me? It's just stirring up the anger. And what's going to be the outlet? Where's the only place we can go is in the primaries and caucuses, vote for Trump to express our anger. Yep. And I think that's why his, his poll numbers are going to continue to rise. No, I, listen, he's got incredible support given the conditions on the ground right now politically. Uh, and I think it's only going to get more intense. The more they indict him, he's right when he says, you know, the more I'm one indictment away from winning this thing because <laughs> people do not like Washington. I want to correct myself, by the way. You know, we interviewed we interviewed Michael Ruzioni, who scored the winning goal. He was the captain in the Miracle on Ice team. Uh, but I loved the analysis so much. I just wanted to make sure that my my references were on par with yours, Kevin. Good call. You're too sharp for me on a Monday. Uh, but excellent analysis as always. Wesley Hunt. Superstar from the great state of Texas. He is going to join us next for a grown-up talk about all things U.S. and A. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing some smooth intro music. If anybody deserves it, my goodness gracious, the self-styled best-dressed man in Congress checking in. In the great state of Texas, Representative Wesley Hunt in the house. Hey, man. How, how are you doing? So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, ain't nobody. Yeah. I mean, that's some good music right there, sir. Let's Yo, go. it's go. karaoke <laughs> night. Let's go. Thirty In the 38th <laughs> District of Texas, apparently, it is karaoke night. Yeah, that's a jam, by the way. <laughs> it is. That is that's, that's some good stuff. I love it. Now, see, I'm telling you, no, I told you, we give you, like, on this show, I don't know how to host a show, but the intros are good. People get good music. You know what I'm saying? Think and then you, they just trust the rest? Yeah, you, yeah. That's what, the dot after that? Hunt, it's a, it's a confidence scheme. Like, you bait them in with the music. You say something nice. They're like, oh, it's a fun show. And then you're oh, listening. The old bait and switch. Yep. Two, two minutes in, you're like, is this a guest host? Who is this guy? What's going on here? I don't know. I don't know what happened here. Uh, pretty wild stuff, by the way. So I saw your tweet. Um, I, it's funny because I thought we had you blocked, but apparently we don't. Um, I kid. But I saw your tweet about Biden, uh, about not having a comment on Hawaii. Up until yesterday, there was only one comment that could be made. It was not no comment. It was like, this is horrible. We'll do anything we can to help. How does protocol change to accommodate this fool as rapidly as it does? You know, it's absolutely unbelievable because that's pretty low-hanging fruit. Yeah. simply say our thoughts and prayers are with those that are suffering right now. That's it. Quite frankly, I am not sure Joe Biden even knows what's going on in Hawaii. (laughs) It's the reason why he is on vacation. We are watching this guy present himself every single day as somebody who clearly has no business having this job. And every single day the American public is witnessing a real-life derelictive duty at the at the leadership of this country do you think part of it is like they just didn't want him talking because he would have said like hawaii 5 is a great show or something like that <laughs> he would have picked the wrong island yeah he would have said the wrong thing you know how this guy is but, you know <laughs> oh, to, to, no. see him, 
to see him on the beach in a lawn chair and watching all this happen and not, and not even have a statement to say. Yeah. I, I just think the American public are watching. We watch this every single day, and we realize that we have got to do better than this. There's no reason why this man should be our president over the course of the next few years, especially after 2024. It's so true. It's like the country's all banged up. You got a whole island on fire in Hawaii, and we're just getting shots of this fat guy with his droopy man boobs on a beach. Like, it's not a good look. <laughs> It's just not a good look for the country. It's like, and if, he, and if again, if he's going to go to the beach, just leave him there. We don't need to see it. Like, we don't need to see it. I think the optics are worse than anything. It, it's not even that he's and, and there. Also, go ahead. But they're flagrant about it now. They don't care, sir. I know. Like, they just don't care. I mean, if anything, I'll put him on the beach in a bucker somewhere, cover him up, make sure no, make sure no one can get all these pictures of him. I know. They're literally out in the open mocking us. I they're know. mocking the American public. Oh, it is sad. We're talking to Texas Representative Wesley Hunt. Uh, throwing the challenge flag on the optics of the Biden administration. They get some bad optics, too, with the Hunter thing. Uh, we were talking to one of your colleagues, Representative Greg Stubbe, who would argue that he's the best-dressed man in Congress, by the way. Like, if you guys were on together, we'd be in a really awkward spot because he lays claim. You know how boxing has multiple divisions? I think yeah. I think Stubbe thinks he's like the intercontinental and you're the heavyweight champ or something <laughs> like that. I will give you this. Stubbe is a very sharp dressed man. I is, will give him that. Isn't he though? But we told him oh this. Oh my gosh. And you can ask Byron Donalds about this. Stuby looks like he's a he's a he's playing a stepdad in an adult film. That's the problem with Stubby. <laughs> He's got, like a, he's got a, oh my God. a very specific look out of Greg Stubby is all I'm gonna say. That's it. We don't have to go you any further. Mm-hmm. My nickname my nickname for Stubby is Wolverine. Oh. Especially when he has that beard. Because, first of all, he has a terrible fall, almost loses his life. And the next thing you know, I see him one week later completely healed. Yep. And I said, man, do you, do, you have, do you have, like, adamantium claws or what? Because <laughs> this guy, not only is he well-dressed, he also heals very quickly. I'll give him that. <laughs> but do you want to know something? On this show, he accused his wife of pushing him off the ladder. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> so, yo, just you and me. This is you, quick you and me talk, but it's it's purely speculative. But he and I have discussed this on multiple occasions now. The first time he came back on the show after the fall, I joked to him. I said, you know, that's why as a married guy, you can't have too much life insurance because your wife realizes it's worth more money to kill you than it is to keep you around. So that was obviously a joke by me. And then he spoke for 10 minutes about his suspicions about his wife. And we were like, yo, Stewie, like hire a food taster, dude. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like, I'm not kidding, though. And, like, yo, he was, like, he was serious. Like, he kept coming back to it. He's like, yeah, my wife was in the house. She claimed she didn't hear me fall. How did she not hear that? I was like, yo, dude, let's let's work this out. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But what, but what Stubby was saying before when he wasn't accusing his wife of attempted murder is he was saying that this special counsel looks like a human shield around the Bidens because it will allow them to run a little more clock and obstruct a couple more investigations. Just purely speculative. Does it look like they're kind of circling the wagons with that move? No, it doesn't look like it. That, that's exactly what's happening. They know that they have to postpone this thing for the next 17 months until the next election. Mm-hmm. And God willing, Joe Biden is not our president. But if he, even if he was, then that means the president can pardon his son. And if they just string this out until then, then they'll be all right. The only thing they are going to do is that get another investigation to, and, and another investigator for another investigation, another investigator, another investigation <laughs> to run the clock out. So do not be fooled by what they are doing. There is a rap sheet long enough 
to, to, to convict not just not just Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden of, of serious crimes against this country. And the only thing that they can do is to suspend this, to, 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 to suspend this and postpone it as long as possible. Oh, it's so true. We're talking to Texas Representative Wesley Hunt. They are absolutely running clock now. And that's what they did on the statute of limitations. And the thing is, like, I'm not a prosecutor, but I promise you in the history of crime and punishment or non-punishment, no one has ever heard of a plea deal that absolved you of crimes unrelated to the plea deal. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if, yeah, that's exactly right. if I plead guilty to doing 82 and a 30, but somehow I'm also absolved of murder if I'm ever charged it in the future. Right. <laughs> like, right. What does this prosecutor know? Right. It's so right. bizarre, and, and, man. And then not and then not not only that, you know, every time every time you see this issue happening with Hunter Biden or them trying to throw something under the rug, what do we see? We see another investigation, we see another indictment on President Trump. Miraculously. Isn't that crazy? It, it's like it's like it's the, again, it's the old bait and switch. Look over here while we do this over here. And at this point, we're sick and tired of it. Like we know what you're doing, and Stuby was exactly right. Let's mm-hmm. start calling them out for what it is. And while I, I'm not sure exactly anything is going to happen to these these criminals, at least it's up to us as the American public to know what's going on, so they can make a better choice in 2024. Thank you. I mean, because that is the thing. If this White House is like an HGTV show, like Love It or List It. I think everybody's <laughs> this thing's getting sold. There's not even like a dramatic scene where the couple argues in the kitchen before they go to commercial. <laughs> this, it's just over. Yeah, they can't even fake it. It actually it's like the shortest episode ever. They're just like list it. And like, well, you didn't even see it yet. They're like, no, no, sell it. We're out of here. I don't sell care. it. I don't care. I don't care. Burn it down for the homeowner's insurance money. Get me, get, get Mrs. Stuby here. Whatever we've got to do. <laughs> Life insurance and homeowner's insurance. Yeah. Let's make a claim here because this is not holding up, Wesley Hunt. Uh, you're the man. Keep playing good ball out there. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, brother? Yeah, brother. Thank you so much. See you Take soon. Care, sir. There he goes. The great Wesley Hunt. Even sings a little Shaka Khan when he comes on the air. It's a kind of fun show we have. But he tells you the truth, man. When you look at what's going on with the Bidens, they're absolutely positively just shielding this. I mean, the special counsel, you understand what that does. They've been investigating this family for five years. Okay, which means if they're increasing the investigatory powers of David Weiss, it's not because there's all oh, these things we haven't had time to look into yet. It's a five-year investigation. Okay, the reason this is going on now is expanding the size of that investigation allows them to get in the way of other investigations that are happening. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. And again, they may very well successfully run out the clock on this. I don't know that it's going to end with the Bidens going to jail. And I tell people this all the time. It's not really a deliverable. Like when the border's out of control, okay, and inflation's through the roof, and gas was two thirty nine, two thirty nine when Joe Biden took office, okay. You know what gas is right now? This is the actual price. I asked the guy yesterday. This is what he said back. Oh, oh no, no! <laughs> How much is it over? They just started screaming. It's unbelievable. Okay. People will go to the polls based on getting the country going in the right direction. They're not necessarily going to go because the Bidens are corrupt. I don't consider that a deliverable for Republicans in terms of the election. I consider a deliverable in terms of the well-being of the country. If we have compromised people in power and we know that the media is not going to do their job, which is to hold people in power accountable, 
then it is incumbent upon the House to use every power they have to get to the bottom of this. Because if the Bidens are compromised, we're compromised. You know, and when you see the level of lie we've been told, you realize there's a lot more to this than anything they're telling you. Okay, you don't have to lie. You know how they say like an honest man doesn't have to have a good memory? He doesn't have to worry about syncing up his stories and stuff like that. Okay, these guys have a lot to sync up, and they've had a lot of lies explode in their face. And the truth is the Republicans are right to pursue this. You know the old where there's smoke, there's fire thing, where there's, you know, with Hunter it could be the pipe, but there's still smoke, and uh, it's not coming from the source they told us it was. And that's where I think the Republicans are in a really challenging spot because they need to make a better case for 2024 than Biden's a bunch of corrupt dirtbags because people don't see how that immediately impacts them. Okay, they also need to make a better case than Trump's being unjustly prosecuted. Okay, because that could also be true, but people don't necessarily see where that impacts them. I think a lot of what's popping in the Republican Party right now pops in the Republican Party with people who follow politics passionately day in and day out. But I don't think it necessarily overlaps with what people who are independent voters go to the polls based on. So the Republicans have a pretty tricky needle to thread because there's no world you know, where the Bidens aren't corrupt. There's no world where these aren't politically motivated prosecutions of Donald Trump. But there is a world where the independent voters and the swing Democrats you need to win this election don't necessarily care about those issues as much as they might the things that matter to them on an immediate level, the economy. Okay, the crime, the border, the schools, things of that nature. So it's going to be, you know, a little bit of an uphill battle. But I think that's one of the reasons why the Democrats love the idea of indicting Trump every Tuesday and Thursday is they're keeping so much of the focus on court cases. And it allows them to shorten the race Biden has to run. You know, COVID allowed Biden to stay home in the basement while the media could run on his behalf. That's what they're hoping Trump's legal problems do. You know, if Trump's just in court every day for the next year and a half, they don't need Biden to do a lot. And let's be very clear. They don't want Biden to do a lot. The last time they asked him to do that, he got on Zoom and said this. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. So the problem is they don't want that guy out there running. They don't want anybody out there running that happens to be a part of this administration because none of them have any idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth on this show. Monitoring the situation down in Georgia as it pertains to Donald Trump and a potential fourth indictment. Uh, We're going to head down to South Carolina in the meantime because Steve is in Buford waiting patiently because he's got a take. Yo, Steve. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for the almost sexy intro music. (laughs) As good as the last guy's, but it was close. Well, no, no, listen, I'm not treating you like a daytime stripper. Wesley Hunt is actually a daytime stripper. I'm giving you Chuck Berry near and dear to my heart. It's not nothing. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I don't have the physique for that anyhow. I'll stick to my day job. <laughs> That's funny. But um, anyhow, um, hey, I, I just want to say, and it's kind of a deep thought, and it's the stuff that we're told never discusses in the uh, in the cockpit while we're flying, politics and religion, mm-hmm. at least until you find out where the other guy's stance is. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it makes me almost wonder if the hardcore left liberalism is some kind of a disease. You know, we we got to give away all this stuff to people that need it and stuff. You know, the, the, the money is free, the tax dollars. 
you know, are free in their mind. And, and it makes it makes them feel good. You know, it, it's almost like and and I'm, I'm not bashing anybody, but there are a lot of people that go around and, and they, you know, beat up and dump on their fellow man all week long. And then they go to church on Sunday, repent and they wipe the slate clean and and they feel good. You know, it makes yep. them feel good. They've they've done their thing. And, you know, of course, God forgives all of us for that that kind of stuff. But, you know, your tax payer like me doesn't forgive when money's just thrown away and, you know, mm-hmm. for for stupid causes. It's such a hypocritical thing right now. You know, the the left and can do anything they want as long as it meets their cause and it gets Biden off the hook. But the right, you know, if they put you put us in that position, you know, they they look at us like we're from Mars. You want to do what? You you want this plea deal? You know, you're crazy. It, it just doesn't yeah. fly. Yeah, we're definitely having two different conversations right now. Like, there's no question about that. And that's, the, I think, the biggest challenge for the country is, like, we've lost uh, a collective investment, meaning, uh, like, there's certain things that happen in this country that affect both parties, but we don't acknowledge that they do if they happen to be a liability for whoever the party in power is, you know? And, like, the border's a problem if you're a Democrat. It's obviously a problem. Fentanyl doesn't know who you voted for. You know, the crime coming to these cities doesn't know. But they still yeah. try to pretend it's a non-issue because it's a political liability. So the point is, on a very simple level, if you put the politics ahead of the people, which is something we used to do, the country would be in better shape. Yeah, it's it's just another quick analogy. I know you're ready to call it a day, and you deserve to. I don't know. You know, the—, the up, uproar on the on the fences you know it's like well if you have a rock concert you you have a fence up and you're collecting tickets you know you have to meter the amount of people coming in my, my parents came in as immigrants but it has to be metered if, if you open up the the fences to the rock concert everyone pours in there's not going to be enough beer and broths to go around everybody you know it, it's it's, it's just not going to work out in, in the simplicity of the stuff. But no. I think everybody that can see any kind of logicalism, they're just not buying the BS anymore. They're seeing right through it. Oh, and, yeah. You know, time time will tell with the with the votes. I hope common sense prevails. But uh, but anyhow, love, <laughs> love listening to the show. Love li- listening to this show because there's a lot of common sense on your show, and, and you get a lot of credit for it's, that. Well, thanks, man. It's all I got, man. I don't, I don't have hell of a whole lot of education, but I don't think you need one to keep up with these dopes. But thank you, Steve. Great, great call as always. Uh, it's the truth. You're looking around the country right now, and you can't help but say to yourself, "We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. They genuinely don't. It's crazy. Like when I got this show." I was like, I don't know, really? Like, I, I like talking about the politics and, you know, I follow this stuff and I'm on TV a bit. Um, but I don't know if, you know, I'm smart enough to be covering what's going on in Washington these days. <laughs> and then I took around, took a look around Washington and I was like, I'm surrounded by idiots. These people are weapons grade stupid. Like, you grow up under the mindset that the people in government are like geniuses. Wrong. Not even close, not even a little. Like, I think anybody could run. You know how you always hear that story about how Elon Musk fired 75% of Twitter and it still runs fine? And you're like, wow, what were these people doing that you could fire 75 and they're still running fine? I think if you looked at the federal government, it's the same thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think most of these people are making any type of a meaningful contribution. Certainly not Congress. Certainly not the people in the White House. My gosh. I would absolutely replace the guy in the White House for whoever's running the closest Waffle House. They at least deal with real people issues day in and day out. I don't know. Show's over, though. I got to go join Waters World tonight at 8 p.m. 
And you've got to go buy tickets to my, oh, my goodness, the big deal, my stand-up special, October 13th at the Paramount on Strong Island. Tickets going on sale this week. Click on the link. Go enjoy your evening. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.